Tonight's scripture reading can be found on page two of your bulletin, Proverbs 3, 21 through 35. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again, tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. This is the word of the Lord. I just want to thank you, Gina, for sharing that story, um, for being so vulnerable and sharing that. And what a great reminder that, that God is with us, Emmanuel, and that God, God is here, and that he is good. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, as our sister just shared with us, and we are reminded this evening, Father, you are good, and you are here in our midst, and for that, O oh Lord, we are grateful. We thank you, O oh God, for, for who you are and all the blessings that you bestowed upon us. And Father, we pray as we listen to your word this evening, we pray that you'll continually be with us, that you'll continually love us. Help us, O oh Lord, to trust in you with all our hearts to lean not on our own understandings, in all our ways to acknowledge you, because you will make straight our paths. Help us, O oh Lord, not to be wise in our own eyes, but to fear you and to turn away from evil. Father, we pray these things in your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Good evening. My name is Sam. Uh, I am a pastoral intern here at Grace Downtown. And um, as always, I'm always very nervous when I speak in front of people, and so just just thought I'd just get that out there. But we've been in a new series, and, and last week, uh, Dr. Reverend Erwin Entz kicked off our series in Proverbs called Wisdom for Today, and he talked a little bit about wisdom's way, and I have the privilege of sharing God's word with you today, uh, and, and I'll be continuing the series, and today's sermon is called Wisdom Applied for the next several weeks, you will be hearing from the pastoral staff from other portions of Proverbs to round out our discussion on wisdom. Wisdom is a, a little strange thing for me to, to share about and talk about with you all because I feel like in many ways I'm still very young, right? I look young. I feel young. What do I have to say about wisdom to you all? But also, I feel like in many ways I still need a lot of wisdom. I need to be wiser in my finances, Lord knows I need to be wiser with my time. Even, even in my job, being wiser in the, in the projects that I choose and, and the things that I decide to do at work, wiser about the relationships that I make, 
I mean, even this past year, when I think about the gaffes that I've made, I just almost shake my head in many ways, thinking, what was I thinking? Why did you do that? Many times I've put my foot in my mouth. But no matter how hard I am on myself at times, I'm always reminded of God's grace for me. That even though I make some boneheaded remarks or decisions, his grace is still sufficient. The things I will talk about to you all this evening applies to me as well. So I hope that as we look through this chapter, Proverbs 3, um, that you will benefit as much as I have um, as I was preparing this. Now, last week, Dr. Reverend Irwin Ince talked about how wisdom is the arts of, of living well. Trumper Longman, in his book, How to Read the Proverbs, admits that defining wisdom is very challenging. It's difficult. But he proposes this definition. I want to read it all to you this evening. He writes, wisdom is a skill of living. It is a practical knowledge that helps one know how to act and how to speak in different situations. Wisdom entails the ability to avoid problems and the skill to handle them when they present themselves. Wisdom includes the ability to interpret other people's speech and writing in order to react correctly to what they are saying to us. And as Dr. Reverend Erwin Winton said last week, this is a noble thing for us to pursue. This is why God gave us five wisdom books, because he wants us to live well, and it's a noble thing for us to do that. I think that's why in many ways there's so many self-help books, because we all want to find wisdom, and we want to make wise choices. We want to be wise in the career choices that we make, in the partners that we select for marriage. Lord knows I need a lot of wisdom in that area. The places we live, the company that we work for, even the question of should I pursue grad school or not. We need wisdom in all these things, and we mull over and think through and wonder what should we do. We need wisdom, and we want to make these choices wisely, but it's not always cut and dry, right? If it was just in the context of sin or not sinning, it's easy, but sometimes these decisions aren't tied to a moral law. Keller writes this in his devotional, God's Wisdom for Navigating Life. He says, some decisions require only knowledge, like the proper medicine to take, and some only compliance with rules, like where to commit adultery or not. But no viable verse will tell you exactly whom to marry, which job to take, whether to move or stay put. Yet a wrong decision can be disastrous. So this evening, as we go through the book of Proverbs, especially verses 21 through 35, I want us to consider three things. I'm going to talk about three things this evening. The first thing is, as the passage tells us, it tells us to hold on to wisdom. The second thing is to benefit from wisdom. And lastly, apply wisdom. Right, so three things we'll discuss today. Hold on to wisdom, benefit from wisdom, and lastly, apply wisdom. In this passage, as we start off in verse 21, you see that the father is speaking to his son. He says, my son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and there will be life for your soul and ornament for your neck. And the reason why he has to remind his son to keep or not lose sight of sound wisdom and discretion, because I think in many ways, we just kind of forget to be wise. We don't always make the wisest decisions. We just forget at times. And so we cannot lose sight of it. This past year, I've been remodeling my, my house. And uh, I decided to get recessed lighting, right? Because recessed lighting is cool, you know? My house is small. You know, you want the lights up, and it looks very modern and, and chic. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to get 
I'm going to get uh, recessed lighting. And it brightened my house, and I absolutely love it. So, you know, I had the electrician come, and he installed the lights in my house, and his team did a wonderful job. And if you need a recommendation for a, a good electrician, I, I know one, actually. Um, I don't get any kickback, so this is... Uh, <laughs> And, and, you know, and being the tech-savvy millennial that I am, I just couldn't get regular lights. I had to get smart switches, too. You know? You got to... I want to be able to control my lights from the palm of my hand, you know? And so he didn't put in smart switches. I thought about it later. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do smart switches. And I remember the electrician told me, he said, Sam, if you're going to make any changes to anything that goes on, call me. Because it can get a little complicated. But I didn't call him. I didn't call him. I got this. That's what I told myself. I got this. So I purchased some smart switches, and I decided to install it myself. You know, and so I changed one light switch, and it was good. Nothing happened, you know, because I got this. I had this. I went to the other one, and uh, I started, you know, changing things out. All of a sudden, I see a spark in, like, the whole, my entire house. The light just shut down. I was like, what just happened? And I started to freak out. I mean, thank God I didn't get electrocuted. You know, and, and I felt so stupid, so foolish. And I was like, what was I thinking? Right, so I, tried to, I was going on the internet trying to figure out what happens here, you know. Because I didn't want to call the electrician because he's going to look at me and think I'm stupid. He told me to call him before I make this change, and I didn't. I, I ended up having to call him. And uh, he came back, and he just looked at me. He's like, why didn't you call me? And I was like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. The issue was that the light switch I was switching was a, was a three-way switch, right? And the, the switch that I bought wasn't made for that. And so that's why there was a spark, and that's why everything shut down. And I just kind of was thinking to myself, what was, why did I do that? You know, and I think most of it was just the patience. I just wanted to do it myself. But as I started to think and reflect a little more, there was, there was a small piece of me that, that I was thinking about was, you know, for me, masculinity, and this is not true at all. This is just what I was thinking to myself. Sometimes I feel like as a man, you just know these things, and you can just do it yourself. You know, and, 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 and the reason why I think that way is because my dad can fix anything. Like, I love my dad. My dad could fix anything, right? Car's broken. Who do I call? Dad, right? Dad fixes it. You know, if something's going wrong in my house, who do I call? I call dad. You know, if my computer's broken, who do I call? My dad. My lawnmower is broken. Who do I call? I call my dad. Pipes are broken. I call my dad. And whatever I do, I call my dad. And so in many ways, because I respect and revere my father so much, I just thought, you know, men should just know these things. And, and there was a part of me that thought, like, I, I got this. I'm a man, too. I could do this. And yet that was so foolish. And I feel so foolish sharing this with you all. Right? But this passage tells us to hold on to wisdom. And sometimes when we don't, we just, we feel so foolish. And, you know, sometimes life just works out that way. You know, the book of Proverbs tells us that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And let me tell you, that has given me so much comfort. It's tough to be wise all the time. And it's tough to make wise decisions all the time. And sometimes it's even harder to make wise decisions even in these minor things that we do. But to know that the Lord is sovereign and that we should revere him is a comfort. To know that he is God and I am not. To know that he is sovereign and I am not. And to know that he is in control and I am not. Friends, let me 
tell you and reiterate to you over and over again. It's a comfort to know that God is in control. It's a comforting thing to know that even when I slip up, that his grace is still sufficient. And that is probably the wisest thing we could ever remember. This passage goes on and says that don't lose sight of this. Don't lose sight of this sound wisdom and discretion because there will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. It's going to be a necklace. And back then when they wore necklaces, it was a, it was a symbol if you were royalty or you know, if you wore something uh, that was expensive, something that was embroidered with jewelry. Or if you were in, in chains, it would signify that you are a prisoner. Friends, when we are wise, when we do not lose sight of wisdom, we are marked as God's children. That becomes our adornment for our, that becomes our necklace. So hold on to wisdom. The second thing we'll talk about is benefit from wisdom. As this passage continues, it says, if you do these things, if you do not lose sight of these, it says in verse 23, then you will walk on your way securely. Your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. And when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked. When it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. And these are the benefits that we can enjoy when we hold on to wisdom. You know, the, the other day I was talking to a coworker of mine and he was, he was venting a little bit because of the, the, some of the issues that he was facing at work. And I, I don't know if this ever happened to you at work, but he was, he was getting a little concerned because he wasn't finished with his deliverable. And he started to, in many ways, freak out, like a lot of us do. And I remember he was telling me, he was like, he was getting very nervous and anxious. And he had submitted it on time. Everything was good. And he, and he noticed that he misspelled something. And he was, he was telling me, he's like, I felt like I was going to lose my job that day. That my partner was going to tell me that I wasn't good enough. You know, and I remember he was telling me, he's like, you know, I was freaking out about all these different things. And I just realized, like, why am I so anxious about this? No one is going to die. Why am I so worried? And what he was doing there was he was showing a little bit of perspective. I think that's what wisdom does. That's one of the benefits that we have in wisdom. When we understand that, 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 the, beginning, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, it gives us perspective that God's in control, that God is sovereign. I think that's why everyone praised Damian Lillard, who's a, who's a guard for the Portland Trailblazers, when he said back in 2017... If he faces any added pressure for the successes that he has on the court. He responds in an interview and he says this. He says, pressure? Nah. Fam, this is just playing ball. Pressure is the homeless man who doesn't know where his next meal is coming from. Pressure is a single mom who is trying to scuffle and pay her rent. We get paid a lot of money to play a game. Don't get me wrong. There are challenges. But to call it pressure is almost an insult to regular people. You see, the benefits of wisdom, when you hold on to it, you, you gain a little bit of perspective that God's in control. You know, every time I read this passage, I always, I always look at this one phrase that says, your sleep will be sweet. Because you know, I, I have a hard time sleeping sometimes. I don't know if you ever, ever this happens to you, but you get those like work, workplace nightmares where you feel like you're late for a meeting. You're like, wake up in the middle of the night. You're like, oh my gosh, am I late? And then you quickly realize, you know what? It's all right. God, no one's going to die. God's in control, you know? And this is, these are some of the benefits that we get when we hold on to wisdom. 
it puts things into perspective. I, I do have a friend who is in the medical field, and, and she is a doctor. And she does face a lot of pressure when things aren't going well. And, and I still remember the first time that she had faced, one of, one of her patients actually passed away. And she was, in, she was just devastated. I remember she was just thinking out loud, is there anything I could have done better? Is there anything that I could have changed? And I remember she was just so distraught that she wept and cried for many days. When I was able to talk with her the following week, I asked how she was doing. She told me that she was doing better because what she had to do was she had to remind herself that she did the best that she could and that she left up the results up to God and to know that God is still in control. And friends, that is the comfort that she had to hold on to. These are the benefits that we have from wisdom. You see, because we know that God's in control, it's not always up to us. We're reminded in the scriptures that he is good and that he is working all things together for good, for those whom he has called. You see, our our confidence is in the Lord. Let me tell you, that's a very powerful way to live. That's what this passage says. I won't be afraid of sudden terror or the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be our confidence, and he will keep us, keep our foot from being caught. It's a very powerful thing for us to know and to live our lives, because when our confidence is in the Lord, no one can destroy us. Is that not what Paul writes in his book to the Romans when he says, who will separate us from the love of Christ? No one and nothing. I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul writes when he writes to the church in Philippi, when he states in chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, when he says, I have learned in whatever situation to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Yes, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Friends, these are the benefits of wisdom when we hold on to them when we do not lose sight of these things. As we move into our last point, so how then do we apply this wisdom? Well, the passage tells us right here, it says, it says in verse 27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow, I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you and do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. Friends, these are the ways we apply wisdom. We seek justice and we do good. We don't plan evil against our neighbors. And what these lessons, these, 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 these statements are telling us, it's telling us not to be wise in our own eyes. It's telling us the way how God intended us to live. This is a calling for us to be like Christ. You see, even when King Solomon prayed for wisdom, the way he prays is he says, God, give me wisdom so that I can discern from good and evil. He didn't want to be wise in his own eyes. And friends, for us to apply wisdom is to know that first and foremost, to not be wise in our own eyes, but to pursue after righteousness, just like this passage encourages us to do. You see, because when we become like Christ, our fellowship with him becomes deep and very, very intimate. 
know, a couple years back, I was in an all-men's small group that I was attending. And, I mean, the group was awesome. If you're not in a small group, I do encourage you to get involved in one. And it was good because a bunch of us men would just sit together for, for, for Bible study and we would do guy things. I don't know what that means, but we would just sit around just eating it mostly. And during the week, we'd have a small group. During church, we'll sit together. And occasionally, especially during the summer, I would always remember we would do these cookouts, which I absolutely loved. There was, there was a brother in the group who was married, and uh, we all envied him because we were, we were all single bachelors. Um, he was able to marry his college sweetheart, and, and they had moved up here because she was attending med school. I remember one evening, we all got together during our small group, like we always do, have food and just start to share a little bit about our weeks. And as we were just about to get started, this brother pauses and says, brothers, I need to share something with you all. And he starts to weep. And we're like, what's, what's going on? And as he's shedding tears and as he's struggling to, to make it, we're trying to listen to what he was saying. He said, you know, you guys, I almost cheated on my wife. And, and we were so shocked because they had just gotten married. And he starts to proceed and, and share with us that he was actually having issues with his wife. You see, she was in med school. She was very stressed out all the time. She couldn't give him the attention that, that he needed or that he wanted. She couldn't be there for him. Sometimes as she would be stressed out, she would belittle him a bit. But he always excused it because he wanted to be supportive of his wife as she was going through school. What happened was there was a, a female colleague that he befriended, and they became very close. And she was there to listen to all his problems, about his marriage problems and what his wife wasn't able to do for him. He told us that what she did for him was that she affirmed his masculinity. And so when she invited him to go down to North Carolina with her, he said yes. And he bought tickets, and he was ready to go. The guilt was too much for him because we would meet up every week. We would talk about the scriptures on Sundays. And he told us that he needed help. And I remember everyone in that small group got together and, and rallied together. You see, he wasn't too proud to ask for help, that he was, he was weak. And I still remember all of us signed up for one evening, and we spent the night with him every night, eating dinner with him, talking with him, praying with him, helping him get through this issue. And that, I believe, saved his marriage. Friends, that is wisdom applied. Because he knew that he was weak and that he needed to be in a body of believers that pushed and encouraged him towards righteousness. Friends, this is, this is what wisdom looks like. This is what, how we apply it. It's to understand your own brokenness and sinful heart and to know that you are weak. It's not to be wise in your own eyes and to say to yourself, I got this. I'm different. It's to admit that you are in desperate need of a Savior. That is why the book of Proverbs tells us that we are a fool if we are to say that there is no God. God is there and he sent his one and only son to die for us because we could not save ourselves. It is Christ who does not withhold good from us. It is Christ who does not delay in time of need. It is Christ who, who does not contend, who does not become envious, who is not devious. 
You see, he, he's none of these things. And he followed these directions perfectly. And yet he took the fall so that we can have salvation in him. Friends, wisdom applied is to remind ourselves that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And that it is he who does not withhold from those who are in him. Friends, be reminded of this. To hold on to wisdom. To benefit from wisdom. And to know that to apply wisdom in our daily lives is to remind ourselves of his goodness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are, for bestowing your grace upon us. Father, we pray that we will not be wise in our own eyes, but to know that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Be with us, O Lord. We thank you, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.